It looks like I've got the woods for myself. It's so quiet here. It's a gorgeous day. Blue skies, a few fluffy white clouds, the sun is shining. And I'm surrounded by trees. Most of them don't have leaves, but they do have these tiny little droplets hanging from the, their branches and the sun is hitting it. And so it looks like they're all covered in tiny white lights. It's gorgeous. It's still a bit chilly and I can even tell that here on the, on the floor of the, on the ground, these leaves are covered in ice. And they, they sound a bit crispy. <laughs> so they're frozen. But it otherwise feels almost like springtime. And uh, if you're really quiet, you, you hear the, the birds, those that haven't migrated to warmer areas for the winter. And they sing their songs. Let me just go to the left here. It depends on where you are in the forest, though. A lot of the beer birds will hide in the in the bushes. Um, whereas if if you are in the parts where it's just the tall trees without any leaves, then of course for the birds there's no food there and no shelter, so it's it's a bit more quiet there. And I love it that it's dry. We've had a ton of of rain. A few days ago, I was uh, running, what was it, 16 and a half kilometers. I'm still doing my marathon training. And twice during that run, I, um, <laughs> I was hit by heavy rain showers. I was completely drenched. Everything was wet. It was literally as if I had turned on the faucet of my shower. Um, cold water pouring down my neck and my spine <laughs> and it's so great to be back home and to you know get into your pajamas because I was running in the evening and uh, turn on the lights and just sit in a chair reading a book with a hot cup of tea oh lovely however those are the perks of winter time but I have to say that I do prefer these early promises of springtime it will still take a while because um, even though the sun is here it's it's not very warm yet so we still have a couple of months to go before we before the the flowers will start to bloom and the forest will turn green again but at least we're over the darkest times and that's always something I I love about this time of the year. The days become longer and longer. It gets uh, light earlier. It stays light later. And it just feels that uh, the, the world is awakening. And especially at the beginning of the year, I'm looking forward to this whole, this gift of the new year that, that is starting to, un well, that I'm starting to unpack one of the things I would like to talk about on on this walk it's uh, thinking about well what what shall I do with that gift uh, because of course 
I can do anything. I can just continue what I've always done. I can develop new plans. I can uh, do this or do that. <laughs> I've got so many creative ideas, but I also uh, know that that creativity, which I'm very grateful for, is also a pitfall because it can lead to um, to a, a type of life where I'm just constantly running. And as you recall, in one of few, one of the previous episodes, I um, I mentioned that my, what my New Year's resolution has nothing to do with what I am going to do, but this year I wanted to focus on who I want to be and I want to be kind I want to be close to people I want to help them find God I want to build community and I feel that that is a very fundamental choice to focus on being and who I want to be rather than on what I'm going to do because the, the doing should follow the, the, the being um, so the choices that you make should stem from from the way you define your life and what is the purpose of my life who am i in this world and who does god wants me to be oh wow there's a huge tree here and it looks as if it's <laughs> so it's broken and it's uh it's splintered here and it's hanging over this path it looks as if it's been hit by lightning because the 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 lower part is completely black so I think it's it's been on fire and uh, it's a big tree it's starting to decompose already so I guess it's been like this for a while maybe this is still one of those trees that um, that was was destroyed by the the big storms that we had in the in the fall of last year i'm surprised that they didn't get rid of it because this is after all uh, a forest where lots of people are walking so i guess if it uh, if it decomposes even more it may actually start to f crumble and hope it's not going to hit anyone so uh, I've had two weeks of uh, winter break, as, as you know. Um, and, and, and that was really necessary. I realized, especially last week, how, how incredibly beneficial it was. It took me a week to get into this, this mood or this zone where I didn't have to ask myself, so what are my plans for today? I could just do whatever I wanted. Uh, at least that, that's what I allowed myself to do. Um, the first week I was still a bit restless and um, I, I missed the, 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 the stuff that I normally do during the week. Um, but the second week I really enjoyed just... Um, having these open days where instead of feeling too short, which is usually how I feel, like the days go by so fast, I only have a few hours, and uh, it's so regulated. But last week felt 
like an eternity. Every day was so long because it didn't have um, that ticking clock or that calendar that reminded me of all the the to-do items that I needed to cross off. And so maybe I've learned something that could benefit me for the rest of the day, of the rest of the year. Um, And it has to do with this choice of um, shifting my focus from what I do uh, to, to who I am, who I want to be. And so what I did, because I didn't uh, stay in bed all, all day long, um, but everything I did was because I had this inner motivation to do it. As you've noticed, I, I did put out my podcast, but I loved it. I, I just wanted to. Um, I, uh, I read some books, not because I needed to hit my target for this week when it comes to my reading list. No, I just felt like reading a book. I watched a bit more TV, so I caught up on some series. Not because I had to review them on a on a video or on TikTok, just because I wanted to watch those series. And then there were also lots of moments throughout the week that I just didn't do anything. I just sat in the morning sun, if there was sun, of course, um, browsing on my tablet, just reading a bit, thinking, all right, this is a a regular road here, so I'm going to turn to the right. And uh, there's a bit of um, almost a mist over the road. I think it's all this moisture of the past couple of days when it was raining so much and it's now in the sun it's starting to evaporate and creates this very misty dreamy atmosphere around me and you can actually see the rays of the sun um, almost as if you are in a cathedral and they've used a lot of frankincense (laughs) and and the sun shines through the windows that's exactly what it looks like here it's absolutely wonderful um, so, but this morning, um, I wanted to start to ease back into my usual activities. Um, that's one of the reasons that I'm recording this podcast. But I also wanted to think a bit more about, so what is it that I'm going to do, um, And how does that relate to who I am or who I want to be? And uh, this past weekend was the installation, um, I think that's the technical term, of Father Henry as the pastor, the new pastor of his new parish in Appledorn. And I followed the Mass on uh, uh, online. They had cameras. And it was interesting because there is a whole ritual, specific ritual for the installation of a priest where he's reminded of his job, of his tasks. And becoming the pastor of a parish, of course, is a, is a very uh, important and responsib- responsible job. 
But it's not just managing a couple of churches. The life of a priest is about much more than that. And it was interesting that in the liturgy, um, there was a kind of like a recommitment almost. So the uh, general vicar, or the vicar general, uh, who works for the diocese, reminded Father Henry of his promises that he made uh, when he was er ordained and also reminded him of the three tasks of a parish priest. And I found that very inspiring. And I needed that reminder at that time. It's Sometimes you have that when you're... You hear something that you needed to hear at that particular moment. And even though it was addressed to Father Henry, I also applied it to myself. And um, he, he said to Father Henry, uh, the three fundamental tasks of a priest are, first of all, to teach, to explain the faith. The second task is to sanctify, to bring people to Christ, to help them in their relationship with God. And the third task is to govern, is to lead, it's to organize, it's to bring people together. Those are the three tasks that you have as the pastor of this new parish. And then, do you commit yourself to that? And, and that was a light bulb moment for me, because I felt this is what I need to reflect on more when it comes to what am I going to do this year? Uh, if, as a priest, I'm called to do to these three main tasks, to teach, to sanctify, and to govern, then, first of all, I need to ask myself, what does that mean in my particular situation? Because I'm not a parish priest. I do uh, provide some assistance here in the parish where, I'm, uh, where I live, but my appointment is to be a priest in this vast world of media, both old and new. And it's not just confined to the territory of one parish or one region or one language group. It's a global mission. It's, uh, my, <laughs> my flock, in a certain way, is everywhere on the planet. Proof, you are listening to this. And you're not my neighbor. You don't live in my parish. <laughs> so, um, what does it? How does this this mission apply to me? And how am I going to translate that into the activities of this of this new year? And I found it very helpful to start with that, um, instead of. Uh, after a winter break, just going back to what I've what I've done for years, that also has made me very anxious. <laughs> because what do I do? There's so much I I can do. There's so much demand, but that should not be my uh, my guide. It should be so. Who does God want you to be, and what are the tools that enable you? to be that priest in this world of media and international connections. So let's, let's start with the first one. 
to teach. It's maybe the most obvious one. Um, at least I don't have any trouble translating that into activities because it's always been part of um, <clears throat> what I felt called to, to do even before I was a priest. In, in high school, I remember um, being baffled that so many of my classmates, uh, even though they had been raised uh, in, in the Catholic Church, they, uh, they had done their first communion, some of them had received a sacrament of confirmation, but they never went to church. So for them, religion was something super remote, more part of the rites of passage. You know, it's kind of a vague cultural thing. But it didn't mean anything to them personally. And when the teachers in school spoke about faith, it was always about the structures. It was about the Pope, who was old-fashioned. It was about um, an organization that didn't understand the, the current times and the needs of people. And I felt like, well, that, that all sounds so superficial. Shouldn't faith be about much more than that? Otherwise, if it's so broken, if the system and the organization is so broken and so outdated, why is it that that church is still around 2,000 years after it was founded? There has to be more to this. Um, we've seen so many different political systems We've seen so many um, reigns rise to greatness and then crumble the century afterwards. The church is still here. And even though in my part of the world it's shrinking and it's losing um, its influence on society and on the lives of people, in other parts of the world it's thriving, it's growing, it's young, it's, it's, it's uh, full of life. And I felt that one of the main reasons was that people don't understand what, what the church is all about, why the church is something that Christ wanted to be there. Because the church is a teacher, helps you to understand the will of God. It's not about, it's not a, a, a human organization. It consists of humans. But the, but the head of the church is, is Jesus himself. It's a way in which he wants to be close to us in a tangible form, not just as an idea or uh, an ideology. And through the members of the church and through its leaders and its shepherds, it, he wants to guide our lives and help us to grow in love and charity. But of course, if you never think about faith, if you never reflect on the Word of God and the way in which the tradition of the Church has unfolded everything that was contained in the Word of God, um, if, you don't, if you don't know something, you can't love it. <laughs> it's, it's like with food. If you've never tasted a particular dish, um, you, why would you eat it? And it's only when someone else tells you, well, I, I have this amazing recipe, just taste this. And then there's this whole explosion of flavor and, and enjoyment. And you're like, wow, I cannot believe that I could ever live my life without 
this recipe without this type of food. And now I love it. It's because you first have to taste it and get to know it. And that for me is the, is the core of education. It's not about increasing uh, knowledge. It's about um, fostering underst- uh, understanding. It's much more about wisdom. Uh, we browse our social media feeds every single day. And we, we are bombarded with information and news. But does it really make us wiser? Does it help us understand our, our place here in this world? Our mission? Our calling? Only, only sporadically um, does that happen. And so for me, it's a, it's a challenge to be a teacher. To help people understand God's will and how it how he how he teaches us and so the the basis of my own role as a teacher um, as a priest is to first of all be a, to be a pupil myself to learn to discover and then to share that knowledge the best teachers are the teachers that can tell you a personal story how they discovered a lesson this is why in my homilies i i always lead with a story um, because it i want to share my own learning process with the people that i'm teaching so that it's easier for them to to follow me in that attitude of a listener as a someone who still has so much to learn instead of looking at me when I'm preaching as a someone who knows it all <laughs> and who will tell you how you should understand the world. I believe that teaching, uh, and, and this is also very much integrated in, in modern education, um, it's, it's about participation. How do you involve people in this learning process? turning to the right here because uh, the path on which I was walking is uh, is turning to the left and that will get me too far away from home plus it leads to uh, a road whereas this path I'm looking straight into the sun now oh it's so nice and it's a bit weird because on my left and on my right the leaves is are covered in snow it looks or or ice crystals so it's all white but on my face i feel the warmth of the of the sun lovely um and so in for a parish priest teaching consists of course of of preaching uh, explaining the word of god and catechesis which is uh, uh helping people to understand the 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 teachings of Christ uh, as they are, have been as they have crystallized in the tradition of the Church. So it's kind of unfolding the the Word of God in in this incredible treasure trove of wisdom um, that the Church fosters. Um, for me, <laughs> it's having no longer. Um, a task as a as a parish priest 
I feel that the teaching is um, maybe even more challenging because I'm not just addressing people that are already Catholic and come to church to listen to a homily or sign up for a catechesis course. Um, I, I try to address people that um, maybe just stumble upon me, uh, not even realizing that I am a priest and that I'm there uh, as part of a mission. And yet, I do want to explain something about faith, but I try to do it in, in a way that gets them to partake in this process of learning. And one of the leading principles, something that has always helped me to create content, is my own curiosity. I love exploring. I, I think that deep down inside, I'm a bit of an Indiana Jones even though I don't have a whip or a cool hat and <laughs> I don't have the swagger of Indiana Jones, but I love those movies because they appealed so much to my own curiosity of discovering something and finding treasure. And I've always likened my own journey of faith as a, uh, a treasure hunt where sometimes you have to dig and you have to get off the, the, um, the road and venture into uh, uh, the unknown to find your way. But it always pays off in the end. You discover so much insight and so much wisdom. Um, and then you, you get to keep it for yourself and you get to, uh, to share that with people. Oh, wow, this is a muddy patch here. How do I <laughs> keep my feet dry? And even more importantly, how do I avoid, do I avoid the mud? I think I'm going to try the left side. I think this, this is because um, this, is, this path is used mostly by horses. And so, let's go over here, yeah. And horses, of course, are uh, pretty heavy and their hoofs sometimes stir up a lot of mud and deepen the the, the, the parts where, it, where it's all wet. I don't know. Anyway, there's more sand here. So this is definitely easier to walk. Um, and the, my curiosity, of course, uh, also is, is, is not just directed towards the faith. It's also, I'm just curious about stories, about culture and art and storytelling in films and movies and television shows and um, one of the educational techniques that I've developed over the past well, 20 years that I've been doing this online work has always been to build bridges between um, the stories that we know and love and, and the stories of the Bible, the stories of faith and to find the commonalities in there and it's not out of a desire to uh, to, um, what's the word, syncretize everything? So to say, well, it doesn't really matter what you believe in or any story is a good story. No, uh, a lot of stories matter. Some stories will transmit truth and beauty and wisdom and other stories will teach you the wrong things. And so for me, it's... Uh, uh, exploring these stories and explaining the deeper themes and connecting them with the, what I find 
valuable in the tradition of the church and in the Bible. Uh, it helps, hopefully, my 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 own pupils or followers. <laughs> um, it it helps them to do the same to discern uh, which stories feed the soul and which ones do not. And and so I think that if I translate that into activities. Um, what I do on TikTok, what I do on YouTube, what I do in the podcasts to uh, review um, movies and television shows and stories, books that I read, that is, I think, a good way to continue this mission of teaching. And uh, in the break, I always have that segment where I explain faith uh, if people have questions and and again it's not about um, showing off that I know it all because even though I did study theology and philosophy it doesn't mean that I know everything but the questions also help me to dig deeper and to understand and the best way to understand something and to learn something yourself is to explain it to someone else so this whole task of being a teacher is not just beneficial for the people that have questions, but it also helps me by explaining it, by translating the faith into a language that people understand. It helps me to master uh, more of that wisdom. And then uh, this is Pope Benedict who uh, explained that um, a couple of years ago. Uh, well, actually, a lot, a lot of years ago, because he's been in retirement. He well, he's now dead, but he uh, has been Pope Emeritus for uh, about 10 years. Um, but when he was still Pope, he, um, he gave a catechesis once on St. Peter's Square about these three tasks of the priest. And, and he said, you know, it's not just about words. It's not just about um, a professor who, who gives a course. Um, there is a very fundamental way of teaching, and that is by 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 living out your faith to 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 teach by example and and this is one of the things that i um that i try to do um with a podcast like the walk like this one um i share with you my own journey and it it's a journey that is sometimes leading me over very windy roads uh, winding roads, I should say. <laughs> um, and and it's not always smooth sailing. Um, but it's in this process that I, that I learn myself and I try to uh, share with you what I've discovered and, and also sometimes how I, I learn from my own mistakes and my own flaws. So that is, that is teaching. The second task of a priest, Pope Benedict... Uh, spoke about in his uh, in his Wednesday uh, uh, talk is that of of sanctification. That sounds a bit abstract, so it has to do with holiness. Um, but if you if you look at what 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 is holiness, what does it mean? Um, it becomes very simple. Holiness is everything that has to do with a good relationship with God. You are holy when God makes you whole. <laughs> when, you, 
when you have a good bond with him. It doesn't mean that you never make mistakes or you never uh, sin, but it is your heart is with God and wants to stay connected with him. That leads to holiness. Even saints were not sinless, didn't, did everything perfectly. Um, because nobody is Christ. Even the apostles, um, as as St. Paul explains, were sinners. Um, But sinners who had a very strong relationship with Christ, and he forgave them, and they tried to live in his footsteps. That is what made them holy, ultimately. That's also what can make us holy. And so... If my task is to sanctify, to help people find that holiness, that wholesomeness, (laughs) to fill the hole in their soul with God, I'm just riffing here, (laughs) then it's it's, uh, first and foremost about helping people with that relationship. And I think um, the first step in any relationship is to introduce someone to to God. It, like, if you are on a party and you don't know anyone, except this one friend who invited you to come along, you appreciate it so much when that person introduces you to other people. Like, this is uh, Emma, and she works here, and uh, she's very good at this and that, very talented. Um, and then this is John, and he works in accounting... Uh, but he's a great guy. He actually loves Lego. You have that in common with him. Uh, I bet you you can exchange some stories, etc. You, you're 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 being helped in establishing these initial relationships because someone who already knows these people introduces you to them. This this I think is what sanctification means. Um, it presupposes that I. Um, nurture and and grow my relationship with God. And the more I know him, the more I can introduce him to other people. (laughs) Not just pointing far away in the distance, like, yeah, we should all strive to meet God one day. No, it's like, let me introduce you to my friend, to my creator, to someone who makes me happy. And, and gives me so much that I, that I don't merit. <laughs> but my life wouldn't be the same without this friendship. And that's why I would like to introduce you to, to this God, who you may have never really encountered. And let me tell you about him, etc., etc. So um, how do I translate that into what I do as a priest who works in the media. I think it's, it's, uh, it's harder to find one specific activity that does that. I can think of a few. The, the walk is definitely part of that um, because it's, a, as you know, a very uh, heartfelt podcast. I, I am not here to teach. I'm mostly here to share and uh, and I share my life but I also share my relationship with God and all the 
the bumps in, in the road. Oh, wow. This is, this is gorgeous, by the way. So ahead of me, the forest gets very dark because um, behind me, all these trees uh, have lost their leaves. But here the path is surrounded by pine trees. And they are very thick pine trees. There are even smaller pine trees that grow underneath big ones. So all of a sudden, the sunlight is completely blocked, except for this path. And the sun is shining straight on this path. So the both sides are dark and there's, there's this, this mist, uh, this humidity. And there's this one ray of sunshine and it shines straight on the path that I'm walking on. It's a beautiful metaphor. <laughs> because that, isn't that also what sanctification means? It's people showing people in, in the midst of a lot of darkness in the world, a lot of confusion. Uh, it's, it's pointing them to the light and sharing how that light helps you to find the right path in life and guides you through the darkness. That is, I think, what sanctification means. It's uh, is helping people to follow that light in their life. And God is already there. You just need to introduce people to, the, to him. And so the walk is one way in which I do that. It's harder to do in videos. Um, for instance, documentaries are more... Uh, suitable, I think, for education because uh, you tend to lose a lot of that spontaneity and authenticity in in a documentary unless it is uh, more of a travel log. I've, I've discovered that it's easier for me to talk about faith and my personal journey uh, when I'm documenting my own travel. A good example would be the trip to Santiago when I filmed every day with my phone uh, what I was going through, including the, the very difficult moments along the road or, or throughout the journey. Um, but most of the time when I do a documentary, it's more about conveying an idea. It's about discovering something telling a good story. But maybe, maybe it's possible for me to find uh, my own style, uh, my own personal style, where I can be uh, fully authentic in these documentaries. And it will be more about more than just um, uh, knowledge or wisdom or whatever. It, 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 it. I'm, still, I'm, I'm still looking for a way in which I can integrate a bit of that, a bit of that um, personal journey into the stories that I tell. Another example would be uh, the trip that I made with my mom in China and what I filmed there. Oh, wow. They're working in the woods here. I can hear the 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 chainsaws oh yeah i can see there's this two guys and they are uh, clearing out the woods a little bit maybe removing some of that some of those dead branches 
Um, but that, that was also a very personal journey. And I think the personal stories, the personal documentaries are among the best that I've ever made. So maybe that is something that I could integrate a bit more. Uh, it's, it's something that I was reluctant to do on, on public television. It just felt uh, maybe too, too personal. Um, but that's, it could also just be <laughs> in my mind. Um, I know that uh, television often feels that it, uh, it, it should be educational or informative and not personal. However, uh, there are so many formats on television that are successful because they are personal, <laughs> because they are authentic, because there is emotion. Emotion is extremely important in storytelling. Um, so, yeah, anyway, that's something I want to keep thinking about. How can I make these documentaries um, maybe in a way that helps, that, uh, that, that allows them to also uh, help people in this personal journey with or towards God? Writing. I've been thinking about writing uh, about 10 years or maybe even more than that. Maybe 15 years ago, I wrote a book called Geek Priest and I shared uh, some of my discoveries in the world of social media, new media. Um, and I've been thinking about maybe writing some more. Uh, what I love about books is that it is... Uh, um, they they can help they can find uh, uh, an audience over years it's the perfect long tail pro product <laughs> where um, maybe over years over the years hundreds if not thousands of people can read it and uh, oftentimes books have quite a bit of an impact all right let me see if i can cross the road here without getting run over cars are going fast maybe after this one yep and then the woods on the other side of the street beckon me again I'm still walking towards the sun <laughs> something tells me that I will, I will never reach it um, so I have been thinking about maybe starting to write again um, with uh, Rob Cubasco, we've been brainstorming last year about maybe writing a um, a bit of a, a lifestyle guide or something, you know, that helps people in their own walk of faith, uh, connecting it maybe with Star Wars. Um, but I, I have to say that I, I haven't really found the the right thing there. I'm not sure if it warrants the the investment because writing a book is uh, extremely time-consuming. It's a very laborious uh, process, and uh, I wonder if it's the most um, fruitful way to 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 spend my time. Also, because everything I do will take away resources from other things that I could do. So I'm, I'm not exactly 
decide it there yet. Uh, an idea that I had, and I've been thinking about that for the past few days, was maybe write like 40 life lessons, almost like a Lenten calendar. Um, you know, the Advent calendars where for 25 days you open a window and, and there's a, a chocolate or an image or, or uh, maybe a small Lego build. <laughs> Lego Advent calendars are super popular. And I was thinking, oh, maybe I can do a 40-day Lenten calendar and every day would be a short story or a lesson learned. And I could tie that to Star Wars and then uh, see if I, I can... Uh, uh, find an audience among the hundreds of thousands of Star Wars fans all over the world. But I'm not sure if it would work because Star Wars fans have a lot to to consume. <laughs> there are television series and movies and, and, and cosplaying and toys and collecting. So can you really stand out with something like that? Would it reach more than a handful of people and if not is that the best way to use my time when I have other channels to reach people that have proven to be much more efficient like TikTok where I can and re I can reach millions of people whereas with a book I'd reach if I'm lucky a couple of hundred people now that I say that out loud <laughs> I I think I know that Maybe the book is something uh, I should not immediately start doing. Maybe maybe that's not the best way to engage uh, that audience. Um, why did I talk about books? Okay, I was talking about different forms. So maybe the writing... Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe Maybe it's easier for me to just write short scripts for videos it's also a form of writing but it's uh it, it leads to another product it's not just uh, paper <laughs> or e-ink pages but it's it's uh, videos that show up in people's timelines i don't know i want to talk about the third task uh that i've been given as a priest and that is um the task of governing that sounds maybe even more abstract than sanctifying. But governing is, I think, everything that has to do with keeping the flock together. It's not just about individual members of the community. It's about the community as a whole. And to lead that flock. This is why Jesus often uses the image of a shepherd. Whereas we are the, the sheep, but we are not individual sheep. In fact, the only time that Jesus uses the image of one sheep or one lamb, it's usually when these are uh, separated from the flock um, because they walk away like the lost sheep or because they are sacrificed. And Jesus himself is, a, is, is often identified with a lamb that is slaughtered, uh, is sacrificed. But of course, the sacrifice itself is <laughs> its not a good thing. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's done in love, 
thinking where to go now. Maybe we'll just continue this way. <clears throat> I have to keep in mind that the road is on my right. So I'm still heading in the right direction. So the 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 purpose of Christ and of the church is to pr- bring people into communion with one another and with God. Uh, faith is never a solitary thing. It can help to sometimes remove yourself from the busy crowds that constantly bombard you with uh, information and entertainment and, and, and seek silence just like Jesus did from time to time. But it was never um, solitude because even when Jesus goes into the desert, he goes there to pray. So to grow his relationship with his father. Although growing his relationship is probably not the right way to say that because he is the son of God. You cannot grow something that he is. He is a relationship with his father. But um, I think he shows us that we have to sometimes uh, seek that relationship with God and, 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 and thereby retreating from the, the world. But if you look at what, what Jesus has done in his life and what the church has done throughout the ages, it's always to bring people together, to build communion. And then, of course, um, a flock, if you use the metaphor of the, the shepherd, uh, they need an enclosure during the night to be safe. They need uh, maybe a stable when, uh, when it's raining or when it's snowing. Uh, maybe they need to be led to places where there's grass for them and the shepherd is supposed to do that. And so that, that is, I think, what governing is all about. It's, uh, it's about um, growing and fostering and protecting the community and to make sure that that community is safe, has a place to stay, has places to eat. And there is a particular care for the sheep that maybe have lost their way and are alone and looking for the flock or for those that have been bitten by a wolf or are weakened by disease or or age um and so there's also this this it's not just managing it's caring for the flock that is i think what governance is it's to steer the flock. So how do I translate that in, in my own work? Since I am not a pastor of a parish. And Mauricio, Father Mauricio, who is, uh, who is now the, the new pastor here of the parish, it's his main responsibility to do that for the parishioners here. So how do I govern the people that have been entrusted to me in my particular mission. I think it is... It's, it's, it's all about, bring, first of all, bringing the community together, which means also going out in the wilderness to seek the lost sheep and bring them into the flock. And so um, my activity on TikTok, for instance, is very much out in the 
immense world of other content creators. Um, but I'm not there to just entertain. I'm not there to make money. I'm not there to uh, grow my personal brand. I'm there to find people who are in need of a community. Um, and this is why I think it's so important for me to always lead people to the rest of the community and to create these connections between the various communities and help form community in that. And of course, you cannot force anyone to join a community. They have to do it because they want to. But if you never point them the way to the community, they will not... I have to climb over this, uh, this fence. And now I'm going to cross the same road once more because I realize it's the only way to get back home. And then I have to climb over another fence here to get back into the woods. All right, here we go. One and two. Ah. And it's um, so it's it's my presence on TikTok, and this is also what helps me to discern what to do on TikTok and when to go there. Um, I want to go there because I know that there are people that are genuinely searching for community and to be heard and understood. And I've been amazed and surprised and touched by the personal comments that some of my followers leave there. Because a lot of the social media consumption is a solitary thing. They are often browsing through these countless videos because they don't have friends or they don't have a community. If they had, they wouldn't have so much time to to browse through TikTok. So um, it's always good to realize that um, the, the TikTok, even though we're talking about millions of people that, that potentially see my videos, it's still a one-on-one -on -one relationship that you have. This is something I, I learned in Rome, my radio teacher made me aware of that. And he said that you have hosts, radio hosts, that address their audience in plural. They say, dear listeners. And he said, that is, that is wrong. Because it's very rare to have more than one person listening to the radio. It's a, maybe there could be a family in a car listening to the radio. But in most cases, it's, it's a one-on-one -on -one relationship. So always talk to your audience if you're on the radio as if you're talking to your best friend and and that will help you to find your tone and to be personable um, and i think that applies also to social media to podcasting this is why i'm talking to you as an individual and not to a crowd uh with video same thing so it's different when I'm live streaming. When I'm live streaming, um, it, it's the, the people that are watching the live stream are aware of the fact that they are not the only ones that are watching. That they are part of a community because usually there's a chat room. And so you see the names and you hear the comments. And uh, So for me, the, the live streams are maybe the easiest and the best way to foster that community. There are 
other ways in which I can do that. But it's um, it's one of these moments, and I know this for, for from years of experience. When I, when we were mostly uh, podcasting, we would often on Saturday um, have a, a show, or I would record sometimes multiple podcasts, and it would always be live as well. And uh, it was a bit difficult because uh, the podcast listener um, is is often has that feeling that well, it's just between me and Father Roderick. And then when you refer to something that only the people in the chat room can experience, because you're you're referring to something visual that's happening in the in the stream, um, these individual listeners feel a bit locked out because they don't have that same community experience um, so I always try to be careful with uh, uh, so when I'm when I'm recording a podcast I am streaming at the same time but usually during the podcast I don't refer to the people that are chatting I do that before and afterwards but not during the podcast and it's just because it, the relationship with the individual listener is is also precious, and I shouldn't, um, I shouldn't interfere too much with that. Or the, anyway, you see what I mean. So, but the uh, live streaming is also a landing spot for people. Hey, there's a police car. Who is uh, seems to be lost. They turn into the this road, and then they made a U-turn and went back. Maybe they're looking for someone. I don't know. Or they had a call. They need to needed to investigate. Or maybe he just messed up with his GPS system. <laughs> um, but uh, if uh, if I'm on a one-on-one relationship with uh, the listener, as if I'm doing a podcast or on TikTok, because they're watching a video of mine, I can say, "Well, hey, join join the community." Um, for this or this occasion. And so this led me to um, scheduling live streams. This is something you, you've heard me talk about uh, last year as well, um, but I somehow just couldn't figure out how to do it uh, on a consistent base. And so uh, this week, yesterday on Monday, I, I um, posted a schedule of the live streams that I would do. And um, I, I want to do these live streams this week uh, at the same time, on the same channels. This, that's another important thing. So um, I'm using software called StreamYard, and it enables me to simulcast to three sources, to, to three destinations, which I don't have any other software that can do that right now. So I can stream uh, simultaneously to YouTube, to Facebook, and to Twitch. There's Twitter there, but I'm no longer active on Twitter. Um, and there, it's, unfortunately, it's not possible to, uh, to stream directly to TikTok or to Instagram. But already these three channels are uh, serving a lot of people. And, and they're easy to find. Everybody's familiar with at least YouTube and TikTok and, or YouTube and Facebook. Um, so... Same time, same place. That was important. And then 
the topics can be different. And this is where the, hopefully a bit of cross-pollination can start to happen because not everybody is interested in Star Wars. Not everyone is interested in anime. But one thing that all these different groups have in common, these, these sub-communities, you could say, is that they all know me. And so uh, that, that could be a way to mix up things. And so for yesterday, I did a Lego stream today. After I'm done recording this, I'm going to prepare for a Star Wars stream. So for, for about an hour, I'll talk about Star Wars. Um, Wednesday, I'm going to cook during the live stream. I'm going to put the laptop in the kitchen. I don't know if that's going to work out well because it's always tricky to... Uh, I, I don't have a setup there yet, but we'll figure something out. I know that cooking is something that uh, is of interest to a lot of my followers, but it's just not part of an, a specific niche. Um, but it is very uh, much part of my life, and it's always fun to see someone cook and to, to chat while doing that. On Thursday, I'm going to talk about anime. Um, and on Friday, uh, I was thinking, oh, it could be just a general chat or an ask me anything but I could also focus on books and uh and maybe comics so to to share but I I I mostly feel that Friday should be a bit more loose more just ask me anything and I I hope that if I if that works this week then I may do that next week as well maybe I'll change around the order of the topics but having this one schedule that I can refer to um, and always being at the same place at the same time I think will uh, will will really help um, with the community building so st- live streaming second uh, way to continue to grow the community is uh, the patreon community um, which of course uh, individually, people will go to the Patreon site for the specific updates for patrons. But the community building mostly happens on Discord. Um, and a lot of the patrons have now figured out how to connect their Discord app to their Patreon account. So they get access because we keep it deliberately um, a closed community so that people can feel safe. This is another aspect of governance, is to make sure that the flock is safe and feels safe. Because I, I think that th- there are a lot of public places where people can interact. Like, for instance, the streams, they're open to anyone, the podcasts and the videos as well. But sometimes it's good for a community to have a place that's just for them, where they can get to know people and they can express themselves without feeling any threat of strangers uh, uh, interfering with the discussion or attacking them or whatever. So the Discord deliberately is a, is a community that we protect uh, and where we moderate as well, which we can't always do on other platforms. Um, so, and it's been a very nice addition, I think, to the work that I that I'm doing. I didn't have Discord two years ago, especially last year. 
that community has really formed into something uh, that feels a bit like a clubhouse <laughs> where you can just uh, exchange ideas and there's a lot of chatter there about all sorts of different topics. Um, very different people. And, but you can, you can see almost on a day-to-day basis how people get to know each other and, and appreciate each other's contributions to the community. So that is uh, something I'm very grateful for, something I definitely will continue to, uh, to foster. And the government's governance sometimes uh, also implies that I, uh, I, I create some new sections or I reorganize a little bit uh, various uh, uh, topics that people can, uh, can talk about. It's, it's still a work in progress. Um, the, the, another aspect of governance and bringing people together could be, and I'm still, again, not decided on this, but uh, it's, it, I think I, as, I realize that, that I have a big community, but there are sub-communities of different people, different uh, interests. And so that helps me to uh, integrate the the TikTok people, I need to look on my GPS where I am because I don't recognize this part of the woods. Um, uh, TikTok is not just a, an audience. If I, I, I've tried to approach it as a community. I do the same with YouTube. The YouTube people that follow my videos, they, I consider them a sub-community. Uh, but I also have a small but very faithful community of Dutch followers that know me from television. And it's a, it's a bit, there's always been a bit of a, um, in German there's a beautiful word for that, a Fremdkörper. So it's a, a foreign body in a certain way. It, because a lot of these Dutch people that followed me on TV had no knowledge of, of the work that I did internationally in social media. And so they were always a bit apart from the rest. However, it is still um, a, a community. They still follow me on Facebook, for instance. Um, and I know that if I would uh, reach out to them, they would, I would make them very happy because uh, it's, it, it, there is not much for that particular Catholic community on national TV. So... The, the the reason that I hesitate is always uh, uh, because of focus. Um, I, I ideally would like to have people converge and to find each other. And when you have two separate languages and a group of television people are usually not that familiar with English or not, I don't know, it's, it's, maybe I'm just imagining things, but where am I, where am I? I'm wondering if I should turn to the left because the sun is in the southwest, which means that my town should be more in... If I, t- I have to turn left here. Otherwise, I'm going to end up too much to the east. And that is... <laughs> that, can, that goes on forever, actually. Um, so, we'll, we'll see. When I'm done recording, I'll, uh, I'll look at my phone. Um, 
but uh, I, I also feel that I, I don't want to leave that community alone. Um, because still, on a weekly basis, people ask me, when are you going to be back on television? Uh, we miss your, your, your journeys, your programs. So um, it, it's uh, the, the, the best way for me to do that, of course, is not to start a Dutch podcast or, or blog or even on Twitter. I used to have two accounts, one international account in English and I used to have a Dutch account. And stepping away from Twitter um, and finding a new, new home on Mastodon uh, helped me to... Uh, to stop that uh, bifurcation in my communication. And so I, what I like about Mastodon is that you can actually still post in multiple languages and you can tag the post with the language in which it's written so people can filter it out, um, which, which helps me to, uh, and allows me to, to have conversations with uh, um, my Dutch friends that are on Mastodon. And, and if I reply to something that they wrote in Dutch... My reply is automatically also tagged with a, a, a Dutch uh, identification mark, and um, but I can use the same account for for um, posts in English, uh, and and that to me has always been my ideal to not um, try to have two parishes. I recognize this place. Oh, I like it. <laughs> now I know where I am. There's a little hill in the middle of the road. And I don't know, it almost looks like a, something ancient. And the, the, there's a path that goes over it, and there's a path that goes around it. And it, I know that if I continue in this direction, I'll end up at the, this open place in the woods. And then from there, it's, uh, it's about eight minutes to, uh, to the rectory. I recognize this because I, I run here all the time. But it's, it's I'm going over this hill, climb up. I never do this when I'm running because I'm always afraid that I uh, overextend my Achilles muscles. And now I have to carefully walk down this steep hill and here we're back on the main path. In the distance, I can see the sun shining on the open uh, open place in the woods. So, um, I don't want to uh, have to divide my attention anymore. But if I consider the Dutch community as just a sub-community, um, I can look for where's the overlap. Um, so, and I know the only way for me to do something meaningful for that Dutch audience is uh, is is in the form of the documentaries, and to create series that uh, I can offer to the broadcasting company, um, so that they can air them. And the additional benefit of that would be uh, that it's also visible for my bishop and for um, my parishioners, uh, because a lot of what I what I normally do is uh, it's just not in there. Um, it's not on their radar, literally, because uh, they, 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 they are not on TikTok and they're different age group, different interests. 
but I also, uh, even though I think um, uh, that uh, since I'm already focusing on continuing the work on the documentaries and it's a relatively uh, easy modification to also make a Dutch version of those stories. Um, at the same time, I really want to prevent this from becoming another distracting uh, side mission that will keep me from making progress in my main mission. It's like video games. Like if you if you have these big open world games like The Witcher or um, uh, Lord of the Rings Online or the Elder Scrolls Skyrim... <laughs> There is usually a main story thread, like the, the, the core adventure, but there are lots and lots of side quests. And uh, some people will never finish the story because they get lost in all these little side, side tracks, or side quests that they do. Um, it helps me to label my activities... Um, following this same analogy like there are core things that I do um, and then there are little side quests and I can only do them if they don't take too much time but we talked about that with our board um, before the end of the year um, when we were making plans for this year and uh, uh, the, the the main quest for me is obviously linked to these three tasks that I have as, as, as a priest. So does it serve education? Um, then yes, do it. Does it help people uh, in their walk with God? Is it sanctifying? In, if that's so, do it with all your heart. Is this activity necessary for the govern, governance of the flock? Does it help to bring people together in this one community? Uh, does it protect them? Does it help them? Does it take care of them? Then yes, do it. But always ask yourself, is this bringing people to the community? Or am I now doing something completely separate from all that other work? If so, then is that really what God wants me to do? Or is it sidetracking me? Is it... Is it uh, funneling away energy that was meant for the main for the core mission that is a that is a, a a discernment that will have to be done throughout the year and this is also something i can't do all by myself so i'm happy with the input from the discord community they are the people that invest in my mission so they should have a say and it's also um, a very important task of the uh, of the board the, with their advice and their experience, they can help me to stay on track. Um, so, this is what um, what I wanted to share with you today. <laughs> and I hope that it explains a bit more um, how I'm thinking about uh, my, my duties as a priest. But I also feel that... Um, uh, this is not just for my life. You, you can ask yourself the same question. Um, who does God want me to be? And how does he want me to, to be that person? <laughs> and, and the how 
should, that's the realm of what you should do and the choices that you make. But before you ask yourself, what am I going to do? How am I going to spend my time? Ask yourself first, who does God want asks me to be? Who does he want me to be? What is my main core mission? And what is just a side quest? What is, uh, what is distracting me? Do I have the feeling at the end of the week that, that I've made progress on my main mission, on my main quest? If so, then congrats. If not, re-evaluate. Write down what has distracted me and who am I? <laughs> who do I want to be this week? Um, go to the core of your mission and, uh, and of course, uh, pray. Because God can help you. He knows already the way. Uh, he has given you all your talents. And he can help you with that discernment. After all, that's why we have the Holy Spirit. Who is uh, the source of wisdom and guidance. Here on this open spot in the woods. With this green grass. And the sun already setting a bit. I'm going to say goodbye. Thank you so much for the privilege of your time. And I hope um, that I will get to talk to you many times, uh, maybe during one of the live streams. Uh, Facebook, YouTube, or twitch.tv um, at 5 p.m. Central European time. Um, and if you want to know what I'm going to talk about, just join the stream or take a look at uh, my socials. Uh, every Monday. We'll talk soon. God bless.